Hey, that was the coolest thing. In Israel, as we became friends with Shmuel, we felt led that our church was gonna provide a bomb shelter for a school. Thank you guys for all that you do. But really what we do is worldwide. We have more partners than any of us knows. But one person in our congregation knows better than any of us, even me as a senior pastor, and that's our missions pastor, Brad Irvin. And so Brad, tell us just some of the people that we connect with in fulfilling our value that missions is our mandate. Thank you, Pastor. Yeah, uh, church, yeah, I just want to tell you a little bit about missions and maybe some things you don't know. We believe missions is, it's about maybe more than what you think. So we do believe, and it's really important to us to take the gospel to places where people have never heard the good news of Jesus. But just as importantly, we believe it's important to be a part of justice being done in the places where people don't have a voice for themselves, where jobs need to be created, where children need to be given training and parents and opportunities, where healthcare needs to be provided. So we, we see missions as all of the above, and we believe that's what God's mandate is on us as a church. One of the missionaries that we're supporting is Chris Ladd. He's working in uh, South Africa with a ministry called Children's Cup. And there they have these uh, centers all over, like 27 centers just in the area that he works in. Where they provide food, job skills training to orphans, parent training, and to provide a future for kids that don't have a future. There's another couple named Ben and Krista Bukema that work with the Caribbean Christian Center for the Deaf in Jamaica. We just had a team return from there and they work, as the name implies, with the deaf children and adults from all over the Caribbean that come to this organization. And there they learn life skills, they get an education, Whereas if they didn't have somewhere like this and people like Ben and Krista, they literally would be left on the streets with no opportunities. And so we're so grateful to be able to partner with them. We also have Lee Hartwell who works with a ministry in El Salvador. We've been supporting them since Faith Promise started and they've literally taken the good news of Jesus to schools and businesses through leadership development and through evangelism and teaching to millions of adults and children all over Central America. And just like I mentioned all these other places, we're constantly looking for places that God leads us, gives us a heart for, so that Faith Promise can continue to influence bringing the hope of Jesus and the hands and feet of Jesus all over the world. And there's actually a new place that God's opened the door for that we're stepping through, and I'm so excited to introduce you guys to it. Michelle and I were on a cruise a few weeks ago celebrating our 30th anniversary. I talked about it last weekend. And while I was praying about 28 days of life, again, not a sermon series, but literally a way of life, God spoke to my heart. And, and I really was thinking about this weekend, and this is what the Lord said to me, that most of his followers shrink their world. You do it, I do it. We end up shrinking our world to the people we know, the places we go. It's your family or your small group, maybe even your campus. But we, we tend to, to shrink our world down to that which we know. When what God wants to do is to expand our world to the seven billion people that we share this planet with, that we would care about them, that we, we would all care about each other. On that trip, we, we knew that we were gonna go to Pearl Harbor. It was a must see uh, when we were on the cruise. In Pearl Harbor, they built a war memorial right over the, the battleship, the Arizona. It took the direct hits. It sank over 1,100 sailors, 
died almost immediately. Many of them never knew what hit them. They never even got out of their bunks. And so they didn't try to get the bodies out. They just built a memorial over this great big tomb. Now, frankly, I didn't know a name on that wall. I, they, were, they all died before I was born. But God began to well up in me this, this caring about those guys. And I wondered, where did they go? They died immediately. When those men went to bed the night before, they had no idea that they would not wake up or that that would be their very last day. As we pull up to our Costa Rica campus, let me ask you a question. All of Faith Promisers, what would life be like if we all lived every day like it was our last and we cared like Christ wants us to care? In Costa Rica. Let me answer a question some of you may have. Why are we doing this? Why did we start an international campus? Well, we wanted to help expand our vision beyond our front doors of our campuses. Really what you're looking at behind me is the front door of Faith Promise Costa Rica. We want to enlarge. We want to see the world as God sees the world. So really, we really felt led to put a campus here so that it would expand our vision. It would expand our dream life. It would expand our focus. It would expand our heart. It would move us and our thoughts down the road, that it would enlarge our heart to the size that we would have a heart for the world like God has a heart for the world. See, we know God has a heart for us, but we also know that God has a heart for the world, and we want to have that same heart. For God so loved the what? The, the what? The world that he gave. Now we're made in his image and because we're made in the image of God, we are supposed to care like God cares. We're supposed to have his heart. Scripture's clear, we're to have the mind of Christ, we're to have the, the heart of Christ and we're to see with the eyes of God. Romans 12, one and two says, I beseech you brethren. Matter of fact, what Paul says, I'm begging you because of the mercies of God, because God's been so good to you and us that we would present our bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is our reasonable service of worship. Now we can mess it up and think that worship happens when we gather in our large venues all over, even here. But worship is a 24-7 deal. Our lives really are to be poured out as a drink offering to God. And so that's what God wants us to do. Not, not just in our small corner of the world or our front door, but to expand that, to give, to share, to learn, to love, and to care like God cares, even when you don't get any return on your investment. So Jesus was clear. We talked about it last week in Luke chapter six. We love those that don't love us back. We feed those that don't say thank you. We clothe those. We, 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 we love our enemies. When people take things from us, they take your coat, give them your shirt. We, we, if you missed last weekend, I would challenge you, go to our website and get that because it's just absolutely uh, so important in the, in the life of a believer. And, and I'm going to tell you what, one of the reasons I believe God has blessed our family, our congregation to such a level 
is because we really are expanding, increasing, extending. Our heart is burdened. Our heart is broken. God is, is molding our heart. Again, we are not being conformed to the image of this world, but we are being transformed by the renewing of our mind. We are, we're, we're no longer being crushed down because the world's image is, it's all about you, do, get, it's all about what people can do for you. But we are to be transformed, the Bible says, by the renewing of our mind, and that is that we walk in a new way, and that is loving other people. And so, you know, I don't know where you came from, your background, how you were raised, but on every campus, almost 6,000 worshipers this weekend, you know, many of you never dreamed that you'd care. And you know, those of you who are there, you know what I'm talking about. You never dreamed you'd care about other people. You never dreamed you'd go. You never dreamed that you'd pray. You never dreamed that you would give. But look at you today. As a matter of fact, look all around you. Go ahead and look. Turn away from all the screens. Look around the room. You're sitting with people right now who are growing into the men and women that God intended for them to be. And that is just so cool. Together we're making a difference, whether it's in Costa Rica, whether it's in Campbell County, whether it's in Blount County, wherever it is, we are, we're making a difference. And really when you consider all of our ministries, our missions, when you consider all that's going on around Faith Promise and our small group ministry, people are being saved every single day. It's the book of Acts. Now, I want you to think with me for a minute. Again, behind me are the empty seats of Faith Promise Costa Rica. How many people will be saved in this place? How many lives will be changed? How many people will be transformed? It's, it's just incalculable. Only heaven will record it. Again, we'll have trips down here. We'll have probably two trips every year. There's one. If you go to the website, you can check this coming up just ever so quickly. There's another one later this year. But why are we coming? We're coming because we care. Many of you have been on mission trips. Others of you are going to go to mission, on mission trips with us. And you know, there's a certain portion of our congregation that God is calling to full-time missions. Not to just go with us to, to a place where we're partnering to, to transform a community. But in reality, God may be calling you to a place around the world that you're going to, that you're going to go and live there. Some of you may never be able to go on a mission trip, but as we give, as we serve together, we're all making a difference. Now, this is the mind-boggling deal. Again, if you're listening, say I am. Okay, this is the deal. Even if you can't go, and even though some of you, thousands of you will never see this, you care. That, that is a God thing. Why, why do you care? You care. It's just, it's, it's amazing. It is absolutely God. Growing up without Jesus, and you guys have heard me share my story, but some of the things that I said all the time as a student, as a kid, as a young adult is, who cares? Not my problem. Or my favorite, I could care less. And I said it because I meant it. B.C., before Jesus, before Christ, before I was saved, only one person mattered, and that was me. Then I was saved, and God took out my heart of stone and gave me a heart of flesh and put his Holy Spirit in me. And as God put his Spirit in me, let me tell you what God did to me and you. God injected compassion. God injected care right into you. It's a miracle. Matter of fact, right now, all across our campuses, the Spirit of God is moving. And He literally right now is just injecting your heart with care and compassion. And some of you, that's a new feeling. It's, it's a new deal. But God is growing our, our, our heart. 
And so it's just amazing. But that's what God does. He puts compassion in us. Jesus said the number two command in all of this Bible, this whole Bible, the number two command is love your neighbors yourself. Love God with all your heart, soul, mind, strength, and body. Love your neighbors yourself. Love God, love others. Jesus said you can distill, that you can take the whole Bible down. Love God, love others. The royal law is love others. And, and so the great command is to love God. And that is what he's called us to do. Well, okay, if I'm to love my neighbor, Chris, who is my neighbor? Well, in, in Luke chapter 10, Jesus answered that. And so let me sort of give you his answer as he was, as he was responding to the same question in Luke 10, 29. And who is my neighbor? Jesus has just said, love your neighbors yourself. Look around the room. Look at your campus right now. That's your neighbor. Think of all of our campuses, even here in Costa Rica. Your neighbor, people you work with, people that you live with, people you go to school with, people on your ball team, people you hang out with, those are your neighbors. But it's also people around the world are your neighbors. People in China, people in the Ukraine that are at war, people who's, who lost family members in that Malaysian air, aircraft that we don't know where it is. All kind of this, all kind of around the world, there's tragedies, there's difficulties that people are experiencing. They're our neighbors. Because Jesus said when someone is hurting, whether it's kids in a school in Israel that we provide a bomb shelter for, whether it's in Iraq or Iran, whether it's a persecuted believer in China, whether it's someone in the Middle East that's being killed for their for the faith in Jesus, they are our neighbor. Matter of fact, how can we be at peace? when our neighbor is at war. We're supposed to care. And so that's why we're here, because we care. And so as we launch today, this weekend, as we launch Faith Promise Costa Rica, man, you know what I know about some of you, what you're thinking right now, how does he know? I know. You're thinking you wish you were here. Man, so do we. We wish you could be here. But in weeks to come, we'll be showing you some video. You'll get to see this place with people worshiping and people getting saved. And again, it's going to be a great weekend. Our neighbor, remember in the story in Luke chapter 10, a Jewish businessman has gone on a journey. And as he goes, he falls among, the Bible says, he falls among thieves, robbers. They strip him, beat him, and leaving him half dead in a ditch. Now it's a crime, it's a brutalization, and it's a racism. Because this most likely happens in Samaria. Samaritans are, are, have attacked a Jew, and there's a race war that was going on in Jesus' day between these two. And so this guy's brutalized. He's left in the ditch, half dead. Well, on the other side, what happens, uh, what happens a little later? A, a, a religious leader, a temple leader, let's say a church leader walks by, sees him, goes to the other side of the street. A, few, a little while later, another church leader comes by, sees him, walks on the other side of the street. Now, my question to you is, how would you feel if you were laying half dead in a ditch and you saw church people walk by you, see you, and ignore you? Now, we don't know if this guy was screaming. We don't know if he was knocked out. The scripture doesn't give us that detail, but we know he was laying there dying, and we know that those church, those temple people, didn't care. And then a Samaritan. As Jesus is telling this story to Jews, they all already don't like this guy because he's a Samaritan. And so he sees, he sees the man is dying. He's been beaten and his compassion, his heart will not allow him 
to go by. Faith promise, Christ followers, our heart, your individual heart and our heart as a body can't allow us to walk past people that are hurting, that are struggling. Let me ask you a question. What if it was your wife in the ditch? What if it was your child in the ditch? Would you want somebody to stop and help? Matter of fact, I was thinking about this. It's you in the ditch. And you see church people walk past, ignore you, act like they don't see you. Would you blame God? Would you hate God? Because see, the people that walked past the man in the ditch represented God to other people. And those people ignored him. So when you and I, who represent God, when we ignore people, when we reject people, when we look at someone because of their finances or because of their race, when we judge people and we ignore them because of that, I believe many people turn away from God. Now as promisers, as faith promise, man, we are called to stop and to care and share. It's, it's my prayer that our reputation in Costa Rica, in Cañas, and in East Tennessee is one of compassion and generosity that we simply don't walk past, whether it's around the world or your neighbor. So let me ask you to do something right now, okay? This is, okay, right now, wherever you're at, wherever campus, if you're, if you're to say, hey, I wanna be a good Samaritan and I don't wanna walk past any, I want you to stand up right now, wherever you are, go ahead. Listen, if you don't mean it, don't stand, but go ahead, stand right now, every campus, great, go ahead. Okay, man, thank God, listen, let me tell you something, let me speak to you. You are called, commissioned, commanded, you are about to be prayed for, you're about to be energized and unctionized, you're about to be anointed, you're about to be ordained to not pass needs, but to have your antenna up, sensitive to the Spirit, to see hurts and people around you that need. So Holy Spirit, would you flood in the hearts of people right now? Would you move in great power? God, would you reveal yourself? Would you open our eyes to take our focus off of ourselves and and would you let us see a world that is hurting, that is broken, that is desperately needing Jesus? We're your hands, we're your feet, we believe it, we receive it, and we're gonna walk it. In Jesus' name we pray, and all God's people said, amen. That's right, come on, somebody, yeah. Now again, let me tell you, 28 Days of Life, it's a sermon series. It's not a program, it's a person. It's not, a, it's not something we do for a month. It is what God wants us to do as a way of life. Now, let me tell you one thing you can do. One thing you can do right now. You sat, when you, when you came and sat down on one of our campuses, many of you are sitting on a card. Or you moved it and you stuck it. Grab it, pull it out right now. Come on, right now, grab it. It's under you. Some of you tucked it under, but every seat had a card. Pull it out, wave it. Come on, every campus. Campbell, come on, I can't see you. Come on, wave that card. All right. Now, we're believing in three weekends, and not counting this weekend, three more weekends this Easter, we're having extra services at every campus. We need extra people who will serve, who will work in the parking lots, greeters, ushers, who will help take care of, of kids. So I'm asking you right now that you would take and fill that out in the next few minutes, fill the card out. If you're gonna be an usher, greeter, show up 15 minutes early. Some of the other things will call you, email you, put your email, your cell phone, because we're believing for 10,000 people. Now, we had almost 6,000 this weekend. We're going to have about 45, four to 45, 100 more people. So I want to challenge you to do that. Fill it out. Drop in the offering box. Can we do Hey, listen. Does God want us to serve? So come on. If we're going to have 10,000, all hands on deck. One more thing. Some of you are thinking, hey, Chris, this is not for me. If you're not born again, I've not been talking to you. Because if you haven't been saved, you're never going to want to serve. 
you're going to have a heart like I used to have. It's all about me. It's all about my family. It's all about what I have. See, when Jesus invades your heart, you care. So right now, if you're wondering, are you, you know, maybe you need to, to take the leap of faith. God's been dealing with you, but you're ready. You know you're separated from God and you need a new heart, a new life, and a new start. But you sinned and your sins have separated you from God. Right now, at every campus, every head bowed, every eye closed right now. Just confess this with us together. Faith promise, pray it out loud with our folks that are about to be saved. Say, dear Jesus, I know I've sinned. I'm so sorry. Forgive me. I confess you as Lord. I confess you as my Lord. Ask for your heart. Ask for your mind. Help me to care. Help me to share. Thank you for dying for me. Help me live for you. In Jesus' name. And all God's peoples, come on, faith problem, every campus, come on, let's celebrate all that God has done.